Welcome to Write Now with Scrivener, where writers talk about how they work, how they develop their ideas, and how they use Scrivener, the app built for long-form writing projects. I'm your host, Kirk McElhern, author of Take Control of Scrivener. This week, I'm very happy to welcome Joanna Penn. Joanna is an author entrepreneur, and she's going to explain what that means as we go on. Joanna, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I love when guests are excited, and they're going to tell us how much they love Scrivener. And you're one of the people who really does love Scrivener. Do you dream in Scrivener? Is it like that? <laughs> well, I literally, I did my first novel more than a decade ago in Microsoft Word, and I couldn't stand it. I hated it. I just, there had to be a better way. And then someone told me about Scrivener and I, from now I've written like 36 books or something in Scrivener. It is the only way I work. I write my short stories there. I do nonfiction. I do novels. It literally is the first thing I do for every single project is open a Scrivener project. So yeah, I, I'm a total fan. Okay. We're going to talk about how you use Scrivener later, but first let's just talk about you a little bit. You had a job in some sort of corporate thing, didn't you, for a long time? And then you got that corporate disillusionment? Yes. So out of university, I actually have a degree in theology, which is not so, uh, I guess, not so good for much, <laughs> except writing thrillers, which was quite handy. But no, I went into a corporate career. I used to implement accounts payable systems. I know you're a technical person. And so I did uh, sort of technical consulting for 13 years in various companies across Europe and uh, Asia Pacific. And as you said, I mean, it was golden handcuffs. I was paid really good money but I was just miserable. And it, it got to the point where I was sort of crying in the toilets every day going, what am I doing with my life? I, I mean, I'm earning money, I'm paying my bills, but I just couldn't see the point. And um, everything I did just disappeared, got overwritten. And I just couldn't, I couldn't see a future that way. And so I was like, what do I really want to do with my life? And what I love is reading and writing and traveling. So I thought, well, how could I make a career out of these things. And that's when I started um, writing my first book called Career Change, which is essentially how I changed my own career because I discovered writing and publishing and then later book marketing, blogging, podcasting like yourself. And yeah, over the, over the last, um, I guess I've been full-time since 2011 and I started writing in 2006. So as we were recording this, it's been sort of 16, 17 years of doing this. Uh, certainly not an overnight success career, but uh, it's one I, I love. It's a really good point because a lot of authors think that they'll finish that novel and they will have overnight success. And it's very rare. It's, I don't want to say one in a million because there aren't a million manuscripts read in the English language every year. There may be a million books written in the English language every year, but it's one in a hundred thousand where you hear these bidding wars and, and the publishers all want it and it's going to be optioned for the movies. Building a career as an author, whether you're writing nonfiction or fiction, is something that you have to build up slowly in most cases. Mm. Well, you can't build a career on a lightning strike because, as you say, or a lottery win, you can't, um, yeah, you can't build that. But what you can build is multiple streams of income from global uh, places over the year. And that's how I've built my career. So I have hundreds of streams of income now. Most of them are very small, <laughs> but they all add up into more money. So, you know, you multiply each book by all the formats, all the stores. I've sold in 175 countries now. I have translations. You know, I, I have a lot of ways to earn money from my intellectual property assets. 
And that's how I see my books. You know, I'm an artist, I'm an author when I'm writing them. But when I put them into the world, they're an employee and they're going out there and they're making me money to sustain my creative living. And, and I never want to go back to that day job. So I'm very motivated to write and, and to reach readers as well. It's interesting because it's almost like there's two Joanna Penns. There's the Joanna Penn who writes the books and loves writing. And then there's the other Joanna Penn next to her, who is this marketing genius with revenue, global revenue streams in 175 countries. And when you think of people writing novels, you don't really think of that aspect. I think, and through a number of people I've interviewed on this podcast, it's obvious that if you are an author, even if you're published in traditional publishing, you need to be marketing your work. If you're in self-publishing, you need to do everything. And your success depends on how much you can do. Yes, but of course, none of us are born knowing that stuff. So the main thing is your attitude to learning new things. And that's where I think authors and creative people are, you know, we have an advantage because we like to learn. And as I said, my degrees in theology, I did accounts payable. I, I didn't know anything about internet marketing or blogging or podcasting or writing books, let alone anything else. And all that's happened is every year I've just learned some new things. I've put them into practice. Like um, we were talking before we started recording, I'm doing a Kickstarter at the moment. This is a, I'm actually, it's a travel memoir, a book called Pilgrimage. So it's a new book. It's a new genre for me. It's a new format. I'm doing a hardback with pictures inside, color photos, and I'm doing a new platform, Kickstarter. So I've been doing this, like, as I said, 17 years, and I'm doing three new things in 2023 with this release. I've built a Shopify store recently. You know, I'm doing, I'm learning new things all the time. And I think that's the attitude. It's like, how can I get better as an artist, as a craftsperson? So how can I get better at writing? But then also, how can I get better at business and marketing? They're, they are two hats, as you said. And actually, I have two author names too, Joanna Penn and J.F. Penn. And uh, this is almost like I put my artist hat in on the on the morning. In the mornings, I write, and in the afternoons, I put my marketing hat on. And we're recording this in the, in the afternoon, so that's how I tend to just separate my life. And in fact, even when I had a day job and I spent the first five years of my author career with a day job, I would get up at five a.m. and write. That was my creative time. And when I came home, that's when I would do marketing. So I would recommend anyone listening, if you want to do this, you have to separate your time because both of them are necessary. I was going to ask what percentage of time is your business activities and what percentage of time is your actual writing? Yeah, so I, th I think this is a, I don't particularly like the question really, because to me, this is all being an author. And in fact, there's a, there's a picture of um, Ernest Hemingway standing up at a typewriter. He was standing up to his standing desk, like I'm at a standing desk now, and he's typing and it's a, an article about uh, re responding to readers. So responding to reader email. So the job of an author has always been <laughs> to talk, talk to readers, to talk to publishing houses, to talk to media, um, to go on book tour or whatever. So uh, and and also ideas. So we talked about a research trip. Um, I'm going to go on uh, to Washington, D.C. And uh, I'm also going to Spain later in the year to do book research. And to me, that's part of the writing process. So, And some people are like, oh, well, if you don't spend this many hours every day actually creating new words, then you're not a real writer. Like literally people have said that to me. And I'm like, OK, then. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I think it's not so much the percentage of time. It's ha are you happy creatively? And are you happy financially? And that's going to be different for everyone. And for me, I try and keep that balance between happy creative and happy 
money, happy businesswoman. And that's how I balance my time. So again, like right now with this Kickstarter, I am not doing anything but marketing. But um, writing that travel memoir was just like two and a half years on and off, 100,000 words of scribbling and, you know, midlife angst. So, yeah, it just depends on the project. So let's talk about Pilgrimage, which is your book that's on Kickstarter. And I'm very impressed. You had a 1,000 pound goal. We're recording this on the 30th of January. There are six days to go and you have nearly 17,000 pounds pledged. Did you expect anywhere near this amount? No. And it's really funny. Like you said, I'm, I've been doing book marketing a long time, but this is a travel memoir about pilgrimage, which doesn't fit my Joanna Penn audience. It doesn't fit my JF Penn audience. It is a completely new thing. So I didn't really see if anyone, I didn't think anyone would buy it, to be honest. So I thought a few people would buy it because they're fans of me as a person. Um, but it's really interesting. It seems to have resonated. And actually, a lot of people want to do the Camino de Santiago um, and I'm actually not a Christian myself, so pilgrimage is more... Even though you have a theology degree. Yeah, well, that's how I lost my faith. <laughs> that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but it's, and I do have a chapter in that book on my faith journey. Um, but, it's, but I've always loved walking. Um, I've had some, you know, we've had a difficult time in the world and I needed to walk in order not to go mad. So it's a kind of mental health book, a midlife book, a solo walking book. Um, and it's all those things. And yeah, so... I think it's very interesting. We sometimes worry, and I did, I was very afraid of failure. I was afraid of judgment. I still am. I'm very afraid of judgment of my work all the time. I think we all are as creatives, but um, I'm very gratified about this. And also for people listening, again, if you're an author, I mean, Brandon Sanderson is the famous one on Kickstarter, 42 million US dollar Kickstarter, totally upended the traditional business model of, of books. Um, but you actually get like 95%. Obviously, you have to pay for printing and things, but it is a great way to support creators and as an author to make a good chunk of money before you publish everywhere else. Now, I'll still publish Pilgrimage everywhere else. So people listening, you can go get it on your favorite store, whatever that is. Um, but I have my own store, creativepenbooks.com, and that is where um, I can make more money. And we have to be mindful of this in this big tech world. How do we support the creators we love? Yeah, so pop on over to Kickstarter and there are a ton of publishing projects now. But your goal was only £1,000. That goes nowhere near producing the book. Was that just a goal to see how it would work on Kickstarter because it was the first time you were doing crowdfunding? Well, I was going to produce the book anyway. So I had already paid my designer for the book. It's just the printing. So once I have the total, I will pay a printer and then do the shipping but um, I only have to print the number of books that are actually ordered. So again, this really helps if people listening, if you're, you know, you have a small publishing house, this is a very green way of doing things because you only print the number of books that you need. It is a, basically a print on demand model. Um, but also I love the book. It's just gorgeous. It's the, my first book with color photos in, which is kind of works for a travel book. Um, and again, this has been difficult for independent authors, but now we, we've got access to the best sort of people in the world now, really. And as you say, print on demand is green. It's more efficient. When I lived in France, I worked in a bookstore for a few years and the number of books, unsold books that we returned to publishers that ended up getting pulped, it was just, it was painful to see that truckload of cartons of books go away. Yeah, and I don't think many readers realize that pulping is, is actually, things get actually pulped. 
<laughs> and all the ink and stuff. Yeah, all the ink goes into the, the ground and everything. It's really not very green, but I think there's a real shift in the publishing industry to try and make things greener. Um, which I think is it's really good. So tell us about Pilgrimage. Now, you did the Camino de Santiago. Where did you start? So I went from Porto in Portugal, north along the coast to Santiago de Compostela. And I also did the Pilgrim's Way and the St. Cuthbert's Way in the UK, which are other pilgrimage routes. So I did three over two and a half years. And this is kind of my lessons learned, quite thematic thinking about memento mori, remember you will die. And this is something I think is very important for people listening to. Um, if you feel a call to something, whether that's writing your book, whether that's walking pilgrimage, whether it's talking to someone you haven't spoken to in years, you must heed that call. And that I think that's the message of the book really, is life is short and please take those calls as as they come. And so this was a book of my heart. It is a book of my heart. It's, it's very important to me. And yeah, I'm really thrilled the Kickstarter's going well. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about pilgrimage. And we're going to talk about how you use Scrivener for almost every one of your books. Writing a book, screenplay, or even a long article is a juggling act. You need to find the right words and the right structure, keep track of research, and refer to notes. Tailor-made for long writing projects, Scrivener is the go-to app for writers of all types. Scrivener combines a typewriter, binder, and corkboard in a single app. A project outline makes it easy to get an overview of your work and flip between sections. Refer to research alongside your writing and just drag and drop to rearrange your work. Write in any order, in sections as large or small as you like, and let Scrivener stitch it all together when you're ready to share your words with the world. With Scrivener, you'll find everything you need to start writing and keep writing. Scrivener is available for Mac, Windows, iPad, and iPhone. Download the free trial from ScrivenerApp.com. Right now with Scrivener listeners can get a 20% discount with the coupon code PODCAST. That's ScrivenerApp.com. So I want to talk more about pilgrimage. I'm not very good at walking long distances anymore. Age has limited that. But I've known people who did do the Camino del Santiago when I lived in France, and they went from tour where I lived all the way down, much longer than you. You took the easy route from Portugal. But what was it like? The only thing I know about the actual experience is that movie called The Way with Martin Sheen, yes. which which is a father he's following in his son's footsteps. What was the experience like? Yeah, well, it's so interesting because in that movie, it's responsible for a lot. And and in fact, um, The Pilgrimage by Paolo Coelho was the one in the 90s that inspired so many of us uh, who are now in our 40s and 50s to kind of do this walk. But um the experience is interesting because it's not a wilderness walk at all. And in fact, this is one of the reasons I like pilgrimage walks is because they, you know, people build along those routes. Um, the Pilgrim's Way goes from central London to Canterbury. Uh, so most of these routes have beautiful architecture, amazing cathedrals. Um, they also have coffee on the way. There's places to stay. So I'm not a wilderness walker. I am a, a long distance walker. I also do ultramarathon walking and stuff like that. But I like my coffee. I like my pastel donata and my albarino at the end of the day. And it's interesting, you mentioned age. I met so many pilgrims in their 60s and 70s, um, pilgrims with disabilities, uh, you know, pilgrims with various issues. I don't think you go on pilgrimage unless you are looking for something or seeking or asking for something or you're penitent or whatever. And I, I felt that uh, the experience of the Camino 
was busier than I expected. And I, I do have in the book that the wilderness experience was much more like the solo, proper solo trip was the St. Cuthbert's Way, which goes to Lindisfarne, which is off the northeast coast of England. It's just, just this incredible island and you walk across the tidal sands to finish at this uh, medieval abbey. And so to me, that was almost more the pure experience of what a pilgrimage is in your, you know, in that movie, they're often alone, um, whereas the Camino was was a lot busier. Um, so, but it was, it's kind of a more mythic experience. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, pilgrimage is also a bit like writing a book. There's a lot of organization. You have to get started. Then day after day, you do your footsteps or you do your words, and then there's a, you have to process it. Uh, at the end so to me the sort of that sort of starting pushing through finishing energy is actually quite similar to writing a book and it did take me that long to write this travel memoir because it has that character arc as well is that an apple watch you're wearing yes it is did you count your steps oh i gave up on that i mean uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean essentially if you're walking what was it, over 300 kilometers, you, you get your steps in. But it would have been nice to have a number to put in the book. I've walked 17 million steps, you know, something impressive. You could figure it out. 300 kilometers, walk for a kilometer, see how many steps you can figure it out. Absolutely. But you actually get on the Camino once you have to get all your stamps. And this is in the book. You can get your Compostela, which is a certificate of your journey. And you can also get your um, kilometers kind of marked um, so it is, there is an official, um, you know, certificate at the end. Okay. So you used Scrivener for this. You said it was about a hundred thousand words. What is your process with Scrivener, particularly for something like this? I'm imagining that during the walk, you were taking notes, but the walk or each of the three walks took a certain amount of time before you could collate those notes. How did this come together? Mm. Well, what's funny is I, the original Scrivener document. So what I do with any new idea, even just an idea, is I open a blank Scrivener uh, project and then I have the, the documents on the left-hand side. I just have placeholders. So I just start my placeholders. And when I walked the Pilgrim's Way back in 2020, I thought I was going to write a guidebook. So the original Scrivener project had sort of the day-by-day, -day, it had practical things, and then I got back and I was like, mm, I don't want to write a guidebook. So it started off as a guidebook. And then I thought I'd write three guidebooks. And then I thought I would write something like an actual memoir. And then I ended up writing cross between a travel memoir and a practical walking guide. So that's one tip is Scrivener is great for just chucking all your notes in and figuring it out later. Now, I always write out of order. So for me, the drag and drop functionality of Scrivener I use it right up until, even in the editing process, I'm still moving chapters around. That's just super important. But yes, yeah, so what I did is when I was walking, I have my my journals that I write in. And then when I get back, I type those up um, into my Scrivener documents. Um, I'll do, I read about 50 books on pilgrimage, on walking, on the Camino, and I take notes and those go into Scrivener. I have some photos and things, they go in. I have quotes. I have so many quotes that I had to cull down that, again, I, I keep in them. Is that quotes of people you met or quotes from books? No, quotes from books like, um, you know, St. Augustine, it is solved by walking is, is the classic quote by St. Augustine. Um, so I do all of that. And then, you know, I create the, the folders around the different parts and organize there. Then I take snapshots. So snapshots are really good. Uh, as I'm editing, I also ex every single day I write in Scrivener, I export to an MS Word document and I date 
that and I back that up into Dropbox and I also email it to myself. Now, as much as I love Scrivener, you still have to back your work up elsewhere. So I don't just keep it in Scrivener, I export. And then I'll have um, all those time-stamped backups from the whole process. So I've got like three years of those. And then um, what else do I do? I use the project targets to look at my word count. Did you have a word count target for this book or did you just want to go as long as you needed to go? I thought it would be around 50 to 60,000. But in doing it, I realized there's a lot of repetition in a travel book. Uh, pilgrimage, let's face it, the Pilgrim's Day is quite repetitive. <laughs> so in the end, I had one chapter on the Pilgrim's Day, which is like the same, whatever you get up, you walk, you eat, you plaster your blisters, um, carry on. Um, and then I have these thematic chapters. So for example, one on the challenge and dealing with pain, for example. Now you only need one chapter on that. So kind of concatenating all of that into one chapter. And again, using the split screen on Scrivener is really good because I could see where I need to, you know, move it from there to there, for example. So a lot of organization. And I just don't know how people manage to do that on in any other software. Like literally, I, I can't imagine it now. I was also going to say I use the um, inspector pane for those snapshots, but also to try, you know, use the synopsis to sort of describe what's what's going on in that um, chapter. Uh, yeah, so those, that's, I mean, I use it for everything up until the point where I'm, I change the flags, I make all the flags yellow. When I'm happy with a chapter, I, I flag it yellow. When all the book is yellow, then I export it again, print it, hand edit it. Then I put all of those changes back into Scrivener. And then I use ProWritingAid on the top of Scrivener. So I use the, that together. To check the grammar. Yeah. And then uh, again, I print it out. Again, I check it. And then I send it to my human editor. So it's a, it's been a hell of a process to get to this finished book. And this finished book is around 45,000 words. But it, it's a similar process for pretty much all my books. I'm a discovery writer. I'm not a plotter. Um, so yeah, as I said, the drag and drop functionality is so critical. Yeah. I think you've just given a TED talk about Scrivener and this was quite helpful. But I'm guessing that as you learned all of the things you've learned about selling books, you learned Scrivener with the same tenacity. Well, do you know, I think I have used Scrivener in pretty much exactly the same way for a decade. And what is amazing is how reasonably priced it still is. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure I, I think I bought uh, whichever one. They, they put out that extra software. What's that extra software? Scapple? Scapple. I bought Scapple just to give them money, but I don't use it. <laughs> but it's like, it's amazing. I know they they don't come out with updates often. It's not a subscription-based app like many apps are now. So you buy it and it's like six years before there's an upgrade that you have to pay for. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing software, and I think it's probably the best value of any writing software out there uh, in terms of how much I've used it for my creative process and to run my business. It's one it, it, on my website, thecreativepen.com forward slash tools. It is my number one tool. <laughs> so you said you've written 36 books. You've written them all in Scrivener, and some of these are fiction, and some are books for writers, books to learn about marketing, etc. You've written these all in Scrivener? All the same way. Yep. Every single one, exactly the same way. I helped my mum with some romance, sweet romance. She wanted to write in Google Docs and I was like, I, I just can't do it. So what she wrote in Google Docs, but then in order for me to sort of edit it and work with it, I put them all in Scrivener. <laughs> you mentioned that you printed it out and you did the edits by hand. And I 
The, the kind of writing I do is computer books, and it's kind of different. But when I write articles, I've always found that looking at something in a different font means that you see things differently. And when you print it out, it gives you an even different view of the flow and the musicality. Mm, yes. Well, and also I print it out two pages to a page, so it looks more like a book. Um, and I can see how it's kind of laid out. And I also, I just scribble loads all over it and I'll be like, put this on page 17 or move that around or A, arrow, that kind of thing. So I do a lot of that first hand edit is the biggest one. And then I put all of those changes back into Scrivener, snapshot, snapshot all the way through and then export it again. And usually that second hand edit is not as long. Um, I even use the same process for short stories, um, you know, ev everything basically. So... You learned all these techniques for selling books. And of all the people I've interviewed on this podcast, you seem to be the most, you have the most complete marketing platform that I've discovered. How did you learn these? Is it one at a time you learn one, then you move on to the next one? Like you've just learned how to use Kickstarter. Is each one an accretion of the process that you've built on since you started writing? Yeah. I mean, I think it's about finding people to model. So back in 2008, when I first, um, self-published my first book that was when sort of blogging was really starting to go mainstream so I, I did PR I got on TV and I sold no books so well, I sold a couple of books and I was like this doesn't work also I was living in Australia and I wanted to sell to Americans but so I was like right I just need to go online and so I learned how to blog and then the the guy I was modeling at the time Yarrow Starak who is an entrepreneur he started a podcast before it was even called podcasting so I started a podcast in 2009, which was, again was very, very early. So the Creative Pen podcast with a double end. Um, and again, I'm like almost at episode 700 now, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. So I picked that up. And so blogging and podcasting. Also, that was when Twitter really started. So I got on Twitter and Facebook around then. YouTube, again, I started YouTube. So all of these things have been staples uh, for that long email list. One of the first things someone told me was start an email list. You will never regret it. And you mentioned Kickstarter. Now, the first thing I do is email my list with anything. And if you control your email list, you can always sell books. You can, all of the platforms could disappear, but I could still email my list to a brand new platform. So yeah, all of those things I've done. And I split my names around 2012, started a whole nother platform under JF Pen for my fiction. But again, I mean, all of this I've just learned and implemented uh, along the way. And um, I mean, I still use a lot of these platforms like Facebook advertising came in again, you know, five, seven, eight years ago, started changing the game. We've got a lot of, um, you know, advertising platforms like BookBub arrived. And so every time something new arrives, I just try whatever that new thing is. And if I hate it, I don't do it. So TikTok, for example, I don't do TikTok. <laughs> uh, so you don't have to do everything, but I think you do have to do an email list. That would be my number one recommendation for people. So your timing was good because, as you said, you were discovering many of these things as they started getting critical mass. But what about a writer today who wants to try and emulate what you're doing? They can't just do everything. So you say start with the email list, but what else? What are the best ways to start building up a platform like this? Mm, well, the email list really is the thing and also write more books. 
So most of us, you know, we have a, a book, we might put it for free or we do a promotion on book one. And at the back of book one, it says, sign up for my email list, or it's a first book of a series. So these are fundamentals. I mean, publishing houses like multiple books in a series as well. So writing in series, setting up an email list, start, start there and then choose one thing to do. So maybe it's pitching podcasts like this, or maybe it's um, getting on one social media platform and really trying hard there. But yes, take it slow and don't get overwhelmed. Okay. I like to ask my guests if they can recommend a book for our listeners. What have you read recently or what are you reading now that you'd like to share? Well, since this is a podcast for writers, I am going to recommend um, a book that I'm currently reading, which is really good. It's called Right to Riches by Renee Rose. And it really is a, it's a business and a mindset book. Um, and I'm really enjoying that at the moment. And it tackles some of the issues that we have as creative artists when it comes to money. And if you want to make six figures, multi six figures, seven figures as a writer, you do need to talk, talk and think about money. So um, that would be a book recommendation. Okay. One final question. Is your name really Penn or did you just make this up because you're a writer? No, I was born a pen. So yeah, I was born for this career. And it's, it is funny. And when I started my business, the creative pen back in 2007-ish, uh, I couldn't even say it out loud. I did not <laughs> think I was creative, but it's kind of growing into something. But yeah, I was born a pen. Joanna Penn, thank you very much for joining me. Links in the show notes to your website, to your Kickstarter and the book Pilgrimage is available now. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. If you like the podcast, please follow it in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Scrivener, go to ScrivenerApp.com. Join us next month for another conversation on Right Now with Scrivener. <laughs> <laughs>